My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. Was so eloquently spoken by the one and only. Hey, uh, welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Um, wow, you know, I have a great show today. I, I feel like I have a great show every time I open this mic. So I kind of like put myself down. Like I said, I got a great show today. Rashawn, you uh, you need to look in the mirror, brother. You just kind of slammed yourself now. Just kidding. Our theme today is, as it is every week, there's no perfect time to start following your dreams. Because I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start living your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. You know, if you have a gift, not gifts, because a lot of people say gifts. You have to be focused, focus, focus on one thing, get it right, then move on. Don't focus on a lot of things and get them all wrong. Leave with that gift and don't let your friends, family or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. Let's get money making conversation started. First guest, you know, it's going to be Emily. Emily Lynn Paulson. She she would take us into the world of multi-level marketing, which I know nothing about. It's going to be an interview. I don't want you guys to miss. You can't miss it. Emily, she's on the line right now. She's waiting. She's waiting to talk to Rashawn. She's waiting to tell everybody her life experiences in that world. And it's a great book. I read the book. It's a very thick book. So if you're a person who likes to read little bitty books, do that. Her book is great. It'll keep you focused because it's very funny. It's very, uh, whoo, it's a lot. And it's great. And the second guest, guess what would be me? I'll be on the show today. Of course, you said, Rashawn, you're always on the show because you're hosting the show. Ah, well, yes, yes, yes. But you'll be able to talk to me today because I want to talk about how to be a successful business owner. Wow. 
I'm going to tell you the mistakes I made because in order to be successful in anything, I'm just going to tell you, you have to have made mistakes. We are going to get this show started. She is on the line. My guest is Emily Lynn Paulson. She's the author of Hey Hon, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and the Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. Emily signed up for this sisterhood, free cars, a promise of a successful business of her own. Instead, she ended up with an addiction, broken friendships, and the rubble of a topple pyramid scheme. My guest rose to the top, and in her tell-all book, you read about an eye-opening, funny, and dangerous personal story rising to the top of the pyramid world in multi-level marketing, as we all know of it. I know nothing about this. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I spoke to her earlier. She's passionate about what she has to say, Emily Lynn Paulson. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, Emily, where are you based at? I am actually in Central Oregon, so other coast. I've been out there. I've been to Portland, Oregon, a couple of times. Uh, really, really, really woodsy area. Of a lot of good fishing yeah. and hunting. Correct? Am I right? That's right. Yep. So, you've always lived up in the in that area of the country, or did you go to college up there? Schooling up there? What What, what keeps yeah. you in Portland, Oregon? Because I'm assuming it's not Portland, Oregon. It's Central Oregon because it's family. I'm sure keeping you up there now. Yeah, you know, I've kind of been all around. I grew up in Montana was in California, then I was in Pennsylvania for a while, in Seattle. Um, this is really just where uh, we kind of met in the middle. We wanted a little more rural community and um, wanted to raise our kids. You were all West Coast. See, I think you kind of darted over to Pennsylvania. Now, what, what, what made you dart over to Pennsylvania and drug you right back? You said Montana, California, Seattle, Pennsylvania. So, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How did you get to Pennsylvania, and what made you go back? It was a little detour. So it was my husband's job that okay. took mm-hmm. us out there outside mm-hmm. of Philadelphia. And we loved it. We loved it. And then it was his job that took us back. So we've been mostly on this side of the country. Cool. Well, great. I, I, I'm based in Atlanta and my show is uh, is streamed and is also on the podcast. It's live right now. And I try to bring on guests that, tell, that educate me. And the first thing I got to ask is, what is multi-level marketing? Yeah, so multi-level marketing, you know, they're corporations and they use a business model that involves getting contractors, so just real people, you sign up as an independent contractor, sell products to family and friends, and then they recruit other people to do the same. So, you know, it's different in direct uh, selling, you know, just selling a product to one person direct from the company um, is that you have these levels of pay and you're rewarded for recruiting other people to sell the same thing. So it's the multi-level thing that makes it different from just regular sales. Right. So now I've always heard this all my life from insurance. People try to get me to sell insurance, but it was always tied to, well, you got to get more people to sell. That way you get more people. Then also you make money off the people you get. Is that, is that, is that am I mistaking? Yep. Okay, nope, cool. that's that's it. Yep. So I so the whole purpose was people have always approached me about multi level marketing. They've always said, Hey Rashawn, they're making money over there, brother. You're missing out. I said, Who? Over there. What you got we'll see what happens is you 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 selling insurance, but really you sell insurance, but you, you want to get other people beneath you. And then you want those people beneath you to get other people beneath them, and then you want people them another level underneath you. So now you got all these levels beneath you it which enables you to get paid based on their efforts correct exactly wow and how did you get involved with that well, you 
sound like you're pretty you know, smart. They're, to me, when I when they told me that, I went, I ran. I ran from the hills. I went, oh, I'm not going to do this. This just sounds weird to me. That means that yeah. that means that I'm, I'm I'm telling other people to just work, so I won't work technically. Correct. Right. Right. Well, so the idea is that you know you you're basically going into business with your friends and family. That's how it's sold, right? And I think part of the reason is, you know, like you, I didn't really understand what it was at first either. And instead of maybe doing more research on my end, I thought, hey, here's my friend who's telling me about this. And I trust her. She seems trustworthy. Um, I don't <laughs> think she'd lead me astray. And I thought, you know, what? what's the harm? What's the harm in trying this out? Um, so I really kind of ran with ignorance, I guess, in the beginning, instead of, you know, like you did, run the other direction. Right. But it's the, but it's the, the call of potential money-making opportunities that, that piques your interest. That's what piqued my interest, you know, because because yeah, sure. everybody who's making money is very vocal about it. A very they live they they drive nice cars. They live in a good house. They're very and almost like religious about it. They they, they preach on it. They they almost like make you feel like you're missing out on opportunities. Like you're not a smart person for participating. Mm-hmm. Well, and you hear the stories of the very 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 small percentage at the top, and you hear so you hear it so much that you think, oh, this must be most people's experience, because that's what I'm hearing. But what you don't hear is that, you know, 99% of people are not there. They're not at the pinnacle, right? So you kind of hold on to this hope. Well, gosh, I could be that person. I could drive that car. I could make all that money. It could be me, right? Right. Well, guess what? Hey, hon. Sales, sisterhood, supremacy, and the other lies behind multi-level marketing. I'm speaking to Emily Lynn Paulson about this book. And the reason I brought on the show is that you know, we hear a lot of, we always want to get to that finish line. We always want to be able to make a lot of money in our lives. Well, you walked away from $40,000 a month. You quit. $40,000, that's a lot of money. It is. It is. And, you know, that was at one period of time. I didn't make that every month the entire time. Um, you know, that's one thing about multi-level marketing, too. It fluctuates a lot. Um, and it's, you know, very, it's like a house of cards built on sand, really. Like, um, so for me, I, I got to this place where I was doing all the things and it was working for me. So I was in that very small percentage. And I assumed because it had worked for me that other people, if they did the same thing I did, it would work for them too. And over time, I realized, well, shoot, this is not working for other people. Why not? And it was because mathematically it couldn't. You know, you, there's only so many people, things get saturated. Um, and I really was making money because so many other people were losing money. And that was the realization that made me, you know, make my exit. Okay, cool. Now, all this started for you, wasn't it? 2014, I believe. That's when I read in the book? Yep. Okay, 2014. Yep. And uh, walk us through the steps. Where were you in your life? Before you got into this world, were, were, were you happy? Were you working? You, you, you was married. You had kids. What, what yeah. did you? Were you looking for a part-time job? Are we looking for extra income? What pushed you in this direction that made you uh, just take off the blinders and just see nothing but the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, a stay-at-home mom. Um, I had been out of the workforce for almost 10 years uh, because I, you know, stayed home with the kids and my husband, you know, traditional kind of roles. He worked out of the house. And I really just 
I wanted something. Like, I just wanted some escape from the mundane. I wanted to be able to contribute. You know, it had been a long time since I'd had any recognition for anything, really. Um, And so when this came into my life, it was, it, it kind of filled all those pain points. It was like, okay, well, this is it could be potential money. Um, you know, there's some really cool products that I could use. Um, it's something outside of what I'm doing now. It gives me a little escape to go do something, meet with friends, you know, go have wine, whatever, go to these like retention events. Um, and I thought, you know, I just, I just had hope that it could be something. And then it was packaged up with this community of other women who were all doing the same thing. So it really just fell into my lap at this time when I think I was just lonely. I was looking for other options. Um, and I just had a lot of hope that it could fill all those needs. Lonely though. Yeah. What was the product? What can you tell us? Um, so yeah, it was wellness, skincare, you know, there was a kind of a, a wide range of products, but it was mostly, you know, skincare products. Yeah. I've been approached with through vitamins. I've been approached oh, yeah. through coffee. I've been yep. approached. The very first time I was approached was insurance. I remember I was in college. It was insurance. And boy, I'm just letting everybody know, you know, it is not trapped to a white community, a Hispanic community, a black community. It, uh, multi-level marketing is everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's everywhere. whoever's pitching that story. But it's always the person at the top of the pyramid, at the top of it, mm-hmm. that's singing mm-hmm. the highest praises about making money. Because the more people that get underneath them, then guess what? The money goes up. That's the whole process. So their their role is to convince a thousand people to be underneath them, and they live in the wealth of your hard work. And so you're in. So you so you you excited, right? You somebody told you you they, they do, do you go to a class? Did you go to a seminar? Did you do something online? How did you get your training? You know, there really isn't any training. You're just joining a person, right? You're like a friend, and you basically are are signing your your social security number and your credit card number, and and you're basically doing you know you're putting your livelihood into this person's hands, and so they're telling you kind of what Emily, to Emily, do. Emily, Emily, you're smart. Okay, I, 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 know. I you're smart. Now you know some. Not, you walk right into this. I heard the word lonely in there so I can understand you're susceptible whenever emotions are tied to decisions okay and so now this is a stranger correct it was actually a friend it was a friend from high school you know a a distant friend but someone who you know was raised in the same town I was in someone Mm -hmm. who I trusted and I had this supposed proof on social media that she was succeeding and so I kind of trusted that if I did what she said that that would work for me too and what was what, what and what would work for you? I'm just asking these questions because yeah. you know the story, and I'm just trying to pull the story out of you a little bit more detailed because of the fact that you know, in some ways, you know, there's there's a bigger story behind all this because a lot of people are falling. I want to use the word victim because we all make decisions, and you know, if I'd have chose to uh, get into selling insurance or selling coffee or selling vitamins, that was my decision. It's when you get in and you, and how the approach of how you have to be successful is what the decision that made you come out of it come out of it but it took you a while how long were you in the in the uh, how long were you selling um almost seven years okay so you was in there for a minute now yeah you didn't just dive in and just come on back out (laughs) oh no i was was in deep i was in really deep so so from 2014 to 2021 basically you was in the world of multi-level marketing 
Now, let, let's yeah. let's talk about because everything's based on I, won't, I don't want to use any words that sound negative, but everything's based on a pyramid. You know, you, you, a lot of people at the bottom and you go up to the top. How did you start building your your can I use the word followers or your sales team? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, followers or downline. It's usually called downline. How did you start building that? Yeah. So honestly, I did the same thing that my friend who you know had me who enrolled me did. I just started talking to people. I started talking to my friends. And one thing that I had going for me is that in the area I was living in at the time, and I was living in Seattle at the time, there were not a lot of people who knew about this company who knew about these products. Right. So I had that on my side as when people heard of this, they're like, oh, well, those look cool. I've never heard of those before. Sure, I'll try them. And so I didn't, I wasn't competing with anybody. And so I had that going for me. Mm-hmm. I also had going for me the fact that, you know, first of all, these are all buy-in organizations. You have to pay to play. So I bought the whatever $1,000 kit to join. Wow. Um, Right. Not cheap. Right. These like these things are not inexpensive to to join. Um, but again, that's all danced around because, you know, you're getting all this product and you get to try everything. And to me, I was kind of like, oh, sure, I, I like all this stuff. You know, why the heck not? And I obviously, you know, so I had that going for me. I had the privilege. Emily, of hold having, that thought. I want to go to this break. And when we come back, I want to finish this conversation, because what happens if I let, it, let you continue, you won't finish the thought. I'm talking to Emily Lynn Paulson, her book. Hey, hon, sales, sisterhood, supremacy, and the other lies behind multi-level marketing. We'll be right back and get in more detail. She started in 2014. She stopped in 2021. Now she has an incredible book that we're discussing on the show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Lonnie Love went to Prairie View A&M University in Houston, Texas for about four years and got her engineering degree. Lonnie worked as an engineer for IBM and other companies for more than 10 years. Then she realized that engineering was not her passion. Stand-up comedy was her gift. I just think everybody should tell their journey. And especially people of color, people don't understand how hard it is for us to make it. That's why I want everybody, especially during the pandemic, to share their story, you know. And so this is my story. I grew up in Detroit in the Brewster Project, and it just takes you through that whole life thing. Because, you know, some people only know me from Real or from Chelsea Lately or, you know, the, the, the shows that Rashawn would put me on. Crazy. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, it's a whole journey. If you want to hear this full interview with Lonnie Love, visit MoneyMakingConversations.com. Keep winning. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Thank you for returning. And um, I'm speaking to Emily Lynn Paulson about her journey. You know, uh, she has a background as a chemist. She's an advocate for the truth. She talks about, in her book, the journey of this fascinating world of uh, multi-level marketing she she sees it as a cult and the morality of misinformation and it preyed upon her and she felt her world of isolation because she was a stay-at-home mom and that's uh, and that isolation they use a lot on a lot of women who are stay-at-home mom or feel isolated and as you as you were telling your story about getting involved that that played a major role in you you spent a thousand dollars so you immediately got to recoup your investment correct yeah, yeah, you got to recoup the investments. 
Um, and that's why a lot of people don't ever make money because you're starting out in the negative to begin with, right? So for me, it was, you know, talking to friends and family and trying to get them to try the products I was selling and trying to get them to join the same way I did. And what happened? Uh, Well, you know, just as luck should have it, in my case, I did have friends who were interested and like I trusted my upline who I joined, you know, they trusted me. They said, well, you join this. So, you know, you're a smart person, right? Like you wouldn't lead us astray. And so they joined as well. And so pretty quickly, I recouped my investment and then started, you know, the love bombing where I was getting you know, mentioned in team newsletters and tagged on social media, and I was getting little gifts in the mail. Um, and I was all of a sudden getting, you know, rewarded and, uh, you know, noticed for things that I hadn't been noticed for in a really long time. So you're saying that, you, now let me ask you this, let me ask you this, Emily, this book is about, this book you wrote, okay, you talk talking yeah. about your level of isolation, your level of insecurities, and like I said, people, uh, attention that's being brought to you, a stay-at-home mom, a great stay-at-home mom. You know, you're educated, obviously, because I mentioned you're a chemist. So is this something just just happened to you, or this can happen to anyone? Well, this can happen to anybody. It, it really can. And, you know, there's a reason that a lot of the stories in multi-level marketing start just like mine, like, oh, I was lonely and then I joined, or, you know, I had just lost my job and then I joined or I just gotten divorced. Um, it really does. There's a lot of pain points and MLMs really do prey on that vulnerability. So anyone in any kind of vulnerable position um, is susceptible. Now, in 2014, there's a journey in all this. You you getting your friends, the people you know, they getting their friends, people they know, they getting relatives and love wood underneath them. That's what the whole. That's how multi level marketing works. You get other people to be underneath you. They get other people to be underneath them. That's how it works. Uh, now, so now, what I immediately hear is that you've invited your friends to this world. They committed a thousand dollars, so they're looking at you a certain kind of a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you're getting you your success is being reaped off the fact that you brought them on board. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, when did they start looking at you sideways? <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of started looking at it sideways when I was, you know, coaching them just like I was being coached to, you know, reach out to people, to, you know, do these cold calls, to do all this income producing activity and personal development, and yet they weren't growing the same way I was. And you know, mathematically, they couldn't because obviously we were in the same network trying to recruit the same people and it just doesn't work that way. Um, so, you know, a lot of the those platitudes like, you know, take it till you make it and, you know, just keep grinding, you know, you <laughs> only, you only you fail it, if you huh? quit, right? Like it's, you hear a lot of those things and, and a lot of those things are repeated. So you just think, gosh, if I just keep working harder, it's this meritocracy where, you know, you don't want to quit because you think if, if I just do one more thing, one more cold call, maybe that will be the thing that, you know, pushes me over the edge and makes me successful. And that's why you were saying, OK, because we mentioned in your bio, it said, you know, you made up to forty thousand dollars a month. You said, Richard, hold up, hold up, hold up. I didn't do that every month. But mm-hmm. once you start making money, you kind of like hooked. So if you made up to forty thousand dollars a month, the possibilities starts to drive you. At what point in the in this lane of opportunities? From 2014 to 2021, did you feel you peaked as a representative or as a, as a person in MLM? 
I would say 2017. And, you know, something interesting happened at that point is I got sober, which you obviously read in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a big part of my awakening, really, was I wasn't drinking anymore. I wasn't, you know, sending cold messages after having a couple of glasses of champagne. And I realized I, I started seeing a lot of this stuff. I started seeing that my team wasn't really succeeding the same way that I was. Um, and that's when, you know, slowly kind of the wheels started falling off the bus a little bit. Now, it says you got cancer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, now, I, I, I'm a cancer survivor, 2015. Not to make you feel guilty or anything. What type of cancer did you get? Uh, I had cervical cancer. Okay. Mine was thyroid cancer and it was 2015 and I went through the surgery and I feel, you know, you know what cancer you no one's oh, yeah. 100% cured. As long as you live in life and taking the pills, then you live a good life and, and uh, pray that everything continues to go your way. But cancer is powerful because once they tell you you have mm-hmm. cancer, it can just run you up the hills and make you wonder what's going to happen to you next. Now, you yeah. got cancer and used it for pity to grow your MLL mm-hmm. business base. Mm-hmm. How sure and why? Yeah. So again, like I said, the, the really the the low point is always used, right? So you're already primed to look for people's vulnerabilities. And so when I found out I had cancer, it's my upline and other people in the company suggested like, hey, how can we make something good out of this? And of course, I'm thinking like, well, that would be great. You know, I'd love a distraction. What, you know, what can I do? And so it was suggested like, hey, well, why don't you have a little like event and then you can give your your portions of your um, profit to charity. And like on its face, that sounds all lovely and good, but it's requiring people to buy something from a company that then benefits, you know, all of the people in the upline. So you had a fundraiser basically, right? A fundraiser for the product, right? Right, right. And, you know, obviously I donated my profit. You know, I made good on my donation, but it still gave me a signal boost in the company. It still gave all of my uplines money and, you know, obviously benefits the company the most because it it benefits the people at the top the most. And so trying to do something that like seemed charitable, but I could have just said, hey, do you want to donate $20 to this charity? I didn't have to rope in a product purchase. Um, so, you know, but it made back, you look good that, and you got the, the hype, you got the sale, you sure. got the, you know, the moving on up the, the, the lane, you got more people involved and you knew the fact that every time I told somebody I had cancer, then people wanted to somehow rescue me. I'm just talking personally. I wanted, they felt sympathy for me. They always said, what can I do for you? So when you announced that, then you had the perfect lane of opportunity and you basically took advantage of it. I'm not saying you're a bad person, but that's what that's what can do. That's what can happen when you tell people you have cancer. And so mm-hmm. at that point, why did you did you did you I'm sure guilt took over, right? And feel and you felt started feeling bad, correct? Yeah, and this was again like when I when I stopped drinking. This is when a lot of these things kind of started to hit me like you know, that wasn't on the up and up. <laughs> and, you know, again, when you're, when you put your trust into to these people, you know, in this, I, I would say commercial cults, you know, in this group that you're listening and, and repeating everything they're saying, and you're being coachable, and you're doing what they're telling you to do, 
it's really easy to just fall into that trap of, okay, you know, you say this is a good idea and it seems like a good idea. And then looking back and realizing, you know what, that wasn't such a great idea. Now, let me ask you this, Emily. How did you get out? Because to me, it's like seven years. That's a lot of people you, you under, I'm sure there's a lot of people underneath you, a lot of friends, a lot of cousins, a lot of their friends. And then can you just like walk away and say, hey, I'm out? Don't they feel like angry? Yeah. Oh, it was a long process of, you know, waking up and realizing, you know, that that was part of it is like, wow, I've brought so many people into this. How can I just leave? You know, I stayed in for a long time, kind of. Well, that kind of like validated its reality because you was in for a long time. You know, people just don't hang around something that's not good or just deceptive that long. And so and so you in there, like you said, 2014 to 2021. Five years, six years, seven years. I'm, I'm. If you tell me this is a good thing, you've been there five years. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. And so now, mm-hmm. you know. But if you telling me you leaving, and I'm, I'm following your advice, then I, I will tell you right now, I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I was, you know, just real honest about the process as I was kind of realizing that. I didn't like a lot of the behaviors anymore. You know, I stopped doing the cold calling and the reaching out and I didn't recruit people anymore and I didn't sell the products anymore. I didn't terminate my account. I didn't leave. Um, but I, you know, talked to my customers. I talked to the people on my team and just said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with, uncomfortable with this. I'm not, you know, going to be actively selling this anymore. I'm basically going to go dark. And I kind of assumed like, I'll just stay, you know, until my paycheck dries up and, and then that'll be it. Right. right. Um, and then obviously like I, I decided to kind of go into recovery advocacy. I put this on the back burner. COVID happened. I mean, it was kind of like this whole series of events. And, you know, during COVID, I really realized I could not be associated anymore because there was so much problematic and predatory activity um, in MLM that that's what made me finally you know, sign it, send in the termination form. Wow. You know, uh, Emily, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on my show. And I'm, I'm just, just saying that because, you know, you told me a side of you that is uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. because. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It sounds kind of manipulative. It sounds kind of like, you know, you did what you wanted to do to be successful. And then a lot of it was tied to drinking, a lot of addiction. And you once you get, once you cleared up that addiction, you started to see your world a lot clearer. And it took you on the path of, I want to say redemption. Is that the correct word? Yeah, you know, I just try and uh, at this point, like, do the next right thing. And, you know, I really believe, like, the best apology is change behavior. And that was really my reasoning behind writing the book. Like, I fully throw myself under the bus, you know, to say, like, hey, I was complicit in this. I did this. And this is why you need to hear about it, because this is what goes on. And this is what to look out for. Wow. Well, you know, one thing for sure, as as my listeners and listening to this, what advice would you give to them if somebody approaches them about an MLM? Let me ask you this. First of all, what do you need to look for to make that will let you know is an MLM, a multi-level marketing platform? What should they look for? Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a person talking to you, wanting to join a business, right? you know, and, and asking you for a buy-in, if you have to pay to join, I mean, that's a pretty big red flag. Um, you know, look, you can always just give it a little Google, like say, is this blank company an MLM? And, and you'll find out. Um, but generally, if you have to sign the dotted line and join, you know, have a sponsor or an upline, um, that is a multi-level marketing company. You know, I, my daughter, I remember when she graduated from college recently, uh, she uh, like there are a lot of people are, are using it kind of like a form of employment opportunity. And so she mm-hmm. was going in, they were saying her salary was $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year, and she had to make all these cold calls, she had to buy this. So I just tell everybody, it's a lot of people are using this as a form of employment. They call it an employment, but it's not really employment. And uh, and like you said, do the research. Google the company, and it will help you get there. But more importantly, if you have time, and I, I recommend that you have time, Emily, how can we reach out to you, and where can we buy this book? Is it on sale right now? Hey, hon. You know, it, it comes out in one week, but you can pre-order it anywhere. You know, always support your local bookstore if you can. <laughs> and I'm on all platforms at Emily Lynn Paulson. Well, Emily Lynn Paulson, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Her book, Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and the Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. You are fantastic. Thanks for having me. Cool. I, hey, I, I told everybody. I was going to be doing the second half of the show by myself. And guess what? I am going to be talking about how to be a successful business owner. 
Well, guess what? I have failed. I have done so many mistakes, and I'm going to share some of those mistakes. But more importantly, you can talk to me in the next hour, and I will respond as honest as I can. If you have any questions about being a successful business owner, Rashawn McDonald is here to answer all your questions and also give you some advice in the next hour. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. HBCUs represent Black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. Registration is open to everyone. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. Click My HBCU Story. Next, you can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. Then, share your academic or social experience at your HBCU, which can be your favorite class, hangout joint, homecoming game, student center, on or off campus party, Greek show, and how attending an HBCU changed your life. We also want to hear stories if you pledged a fraternity or sorority. The goal is to use your My HBCU story to promote and uplift the HBCU brand. Your HBCU prepared you for success, and now we want everyone to read about your Black excellence. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can click My HBCU Story to share your story. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Let's get started here. I'm going to ask some questions about it. This, has anybody ever thought about, you can raise your hand, you can raise your hand, in your car driving, you know, just raise your eyebrow, thought about starting a business. Why didn't you do it? Have you ever thought about hiring people for your business and you've hired the wrong people? Have you ever thought about hiring relatives and guess what? You hired those relatives. Call me and let me know about those relatives. Have you ever hired people that you were getting a good deal on them? (laughs) Oh, they got, oh, they cheap. Oh, that salary fits right into my budget, but they don't have the experience. Am I, am, I, am I tapping into the right lanes with some of y'all out there? Or, or how about starting your business and you don't even have a budget? It's just a good idea. Am I tapping into anybody out there yet? Okay. How about this? How about this? You start a business with somebody you don't know. How about that? How about, how about this? You start a business... You know, I'm from Texas, so they say you can start a business with a handshake. That's what would be contractual. I've done that before. Yeah. Let me get started here. How to be a successful business owner. That's a, that's a bold statement to, for me to say. Marketing and branding. I have a company called 3815 Media Inc. based in Atlanta, Georgia. I started it as an idea. And I just started hiring people. Did it, were they the best qualified people? No, in hindsight, no. But I knew them. I knew them. They knew me. We had long-term relationships. They could do certain things, and I hired them. That's the number one problem with most people who fail in this business is they hire people just because they're close to them. They hire people because they make them feel comfortable. You hire people because they're just right there and they're available to be hired. 
That's the number one mistake. And the number two mistake, do you have time for your business? Wow. You know, I will tell people this. I get up at 4.30, Monday through Friday. That's one time. 4.30 a.m. I get up. And people always go, ooh, ooh, 4.30. What you doing at 4.30? I, I, I was fortunate to uh, give a speech. Uh, I was at, there was an area in Atlanta called Lithonia. It's right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, Chamber of Commerce. And I was speaking to them. That's one of the reasons they brought me over. It was to speak about how to be a successful business owner. And when you're speaking to people about being a successful business owner, one thing you have to admit that is that you made mistakes. I opened a comedy club in Houston, Texas called Hip Hop Comedy Style. I got in business with a person I didn't even know. But guess what? He was a stand-up comic too. So he liked telling jokes. I like telling jokes. Yeah, I guess he'd make a good business partner. So that's how we got in business. That's like you that's like you like to eat chicken, and you know somebody who makes good chicken, so y'all just gonna go in the chicken business. Same, same thing, same thing. I didn't know his likes, his dislikes, I didn't know his work habits. I didn't know if he liked getting up early, or did he like staying late? Did he even have an idea how to run a business? That's how I got in business. But the the, the the other side of that is that it became a very popular comedy club lines out the door i used to do a show on thursday tickets go on sale on monday they were sold out in an hour that's how popular it was the room seat like 350 people a line out the door on thursday show show time i, I hit the stage at eight nine o'clock people wouldn't go in the room until it was nine eight thirty was an empty room they didn't want to see the other comics i walk in nine o'clock room packed eight thirty to eight fifty five room was empty nine o'clock packed we were making money. But what guess what? What happens when you start making money? I forgot you pay taxes. You pay taxes on tickets. You pay taxes on liquor. So so those little things, so all that money that you're making, somebody else wants a piece of it. So you can't look at ten dollars as a real ten dollars. But because I didn't have a budget, because I didn't take time to understand how to run a business. I was just doing all the wrong things. So I'm sure a lot of you guys out there, ladies out there, because women are the fastest growing entrepreneurial part in this company, especially black women. Y'all just running things now in a good way, opening up business. I'm sure you open up business a lot more than me, better than me. So I was making money, but couldn't understand how selling out, but I can't pay myself. So I was just working for free because I didn't have, because what you can't do, I'm going to tell you something about this. The biggest mistake in, in a business, you can't open a business and then try to set a budget because now you're playing catch up because you can't justify Cause you didn't have a budget at the beginning. You would have known why you have all these people hanging around you getting checks for you or wanting to get checks for you. Then you understand why you fail. So when you're making money as a, as a business owner, you can't be successful because of the reason that if you try to be successful because you never had a plan, that's the number one reason we fail. 
And the other number one reason we fail is, do you have time for your business? I can't tell you how many people get mad because the store, after a while, they open their business, it opens at 10, but they get in there at, at the same time the customers get there. They get mad because the customers got their own time. Not knowing they got a restaurant here, they got to pre-set up everything. The customers get, you ever been in the restaurant? You've been in the restaurant where, oh, we don't have that on the menu today. Don't that make you mad? Oh, we ran out. How you going to run out of something that's on your menu? Didn't you plan to make this? Didn't you plan to make this a party or regular? I've been, I've been in restaurants where they have actually used a marker to strike through things that they don't do in their menu no more. Now, I'm supposed to come back for that. Here's a, here's a little note now about business. It's called consistency. I always tell people, look, I'm just using Target as an example. If Target, if you drove by Target at night and they sign wasn't on, you think they'd be closed. So if like on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Target sign was on, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was off, you think they'd be out of business. Or you stop trusting them so you won't go there or put them on the list. And you actually start spreading rumors, negative rumors about Target. Or business like talking. And that's what happens if we are inconsistent. So if you if you open a opening a business and you're saying you're doing things, you gotta be there to do it. And everybody sees the profit line. You know, they buy a franchise. You know, they want to buy a franchise like Chick-fil-A or Jack in the Box or McDonald's. Or they heard or or Bojangles. That's a, that's a real hot franchise right now that people are buying. It still requires work. And so what these franchises try to do, they try to train you. So they, you're going to pay a fee, but they just don't let you just run out there. They're going to find out if you have time, too, to run that franchise. Because they, they're applying the same business principles that I am doing in this conversation I'm having with you right now. The conversation of being able to sit down and apply to you a make sense plan, a make sense plan of how you can be successful. So when you buy a franchise, what they do is they bring you in, they sit you down, and they have you work with somebody who has your best interests. Listen to me now, your best interests. Because what they don't want to do is put a franchise out there and it close. Because it makes them look bad. So now if you don't have time, but you heard that these franchises make a lot of money, then they're going to have a problem with you. Then you're going to get mad at them because they're telling you why you're not there to open up their business on time. And guess what they're going to do after a while? They'll come take their license. Then what you trying to do? Now you're trying to sue. Now you now you huddle up with your friends and family. All you in the corner just cussing and fussing like they've done you wrong. But you the one didn't live up to the standards. They have copyright. They have, they have you just can't let anybody in the kitchen. If you're making donuts, you just can't let you can't just can't shoot a video back there for TikTok. Making donuts back there, making cakes back there, you mad because that's they that's they recipes. Everybody can't see this, but because you don't know the rules, you want to try to make your own rules. That's why you won't be successful. I'm gonna tell you why I why I was not successful at my comedy club, even though lines at the door. You can look it up. Hip hop comedy stop, 1992 to 1994, Houston, Texas. One of the most popular comedy clubs in the country. Everybody came through the Joe Tory, 
Cedric the Entertainer, some more. All the big stars came through there. Steve Harvey. Everybody came through that club. Made no money. (laughs) (laughs) Made no money. Broke even. Because I didn't have a budget. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I was in business with a person I didn't know. And he had a full-time job. (laughs) So guess what he kept saying? Hey, man, you got it. (laughs) You got it. You got it. Well, guess what? I got tired of being the person who got it. Then I had family. When we come back, we're going to talk about hiring family. Hiring family. That's the biggest mistake you can make, hiring family now. Especially when the mama, when the mama done told you to hire him. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Money Making Conversation Mass Class. Don't go nowhere, y'all. I just got started. Woo! We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Master Class with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hollywood super producer Will Packer has produced films that have earned more than $1 billion at the box office. Will Packer tells me why marketing his brand as a producer wasn't normal in Hollywood. Well, when I came in as a producer, I knew how important it was to connect with an audience. That really started with my journey at FAMU because I made my first film project, which was Chocolate City, while I was still a, an undergraduate at FAMU. I was a junior. We shot Chocolate City, this little bitty movie, and in order for that film to be successful, I had to go out to my audience, my core audience, and I realized I needed to go out and explain to that audience why they should care about this film. And that really started something that I still do to this day, which is going out and trying to touch people with every project that I have. If you want to hear this full interview with Will Packer, visit MoneyMakingConversation.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm telling everybody, this is my opinion. It's not the opinion of the station you're listening to. This is Rashawn McDonald. Just, just pouring his soul out on the show today a little bit. I'm going to start doing this more often. I like this. I know I'm, I'm going to still have great guests, but I, I think you guys need to hear how did I become the person I had, I became, I become, and I will continue to become. How to be a successful business owner, business owner is the topic. Uh, Morris, how you doing? My friend Morris is on the line. Talk to me, Morris. This is Rashawn McDonald speaking. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, what, what you want to talk about, Morris? Good. So um, I wanted to find out if you have any recommended sources where we can learn how to properly budget for a business. I know, of course, you can Google and things like that. But are there any resources that you specifically recommend to help us properly um, establish a budget for our business? Absolutely. Call it Small Business Administration. They're in every major city. And please okay. go to them because when I opened my comedy club, I went there. And if I and when I went there, and it just I'm just using the club for for example. If they tell you if you can tell them your club is three thousand square feet, they'll tell you how many table chairs you need. They'll tell you how many glasses oh, wow. you need. They'll tell you everything because they have books, and then they have another part called score. And score is made up of retired executives people who are entrepreneurs, people who have been in the business successful, and they can mentor you. 
They can mentor you so you oh, can wow. ask these honest questions. It's called SCORE and it's called Small Business Administration. And believe me, I tell people about this all the time. Do not step out there dreaming without a plan. Because if you dream without a plan, it's going to come and slap you in the face and wake you up, and it will be a nightmare when you wake up. I woke up into a nightmare. I kid you not, Morris. I was making money, and I never saw none of it because I didn't have a budget. I didn't understand who I was in business with. And guess what? In the end, I hired my relatives, and guess what? They had full-time jobs, so they were not committed to my dream because they had to get back to work the next day. So, so Small score. Business Administration, SBA, and it's called SCORE, uh-huh. like you score a touchdown. Those uh-huh. two organizations, you can get it through Small Business Administration, SBA, right here in Georgia. It's also in Texas. It's also in New York. It's also any major state, any major city has it. I would advise you to call them, and guess what? It's free. Oh, excellent. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, my friend. Thank you yeah. for calling Money Making Conversation, Master Cloud. Hope you got something out of the call. Thank you, my friend. I- Angela, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. What question can I answer for you, Angela? Somebody to call. Thank you. I would love. I appreciate you sharing your your uh, failures because I think that helps set the stage for um, for me going into acquiring a business. Yes, ma'am. So yeah, please just continue to share some of the lessons learned because I'm learning a lot. Don't well, hire your family. Plan your work and work your plan. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. It's how you are hire your family, though. Because I don't want to give all family members a bad reputation now. Okay. Do not hire your family as if your mama told you to hire them. Okay. Okay. Don't hire them that way. Don't hire your family out of love. Okay. okay. Those two things. Now, if your family's qualified, they've done the work, they will have put in the work, they're hired. You treat them like, here's the thing I would tell people. You, you. If you hire a family member, they should have the same qualifications and put out the same effort of somebody you would not know that you wanted to hire for that same position. But if you're bringing them in and you lowering the qualifications, you lowering the work ethic, you lowering the responsibility for that same job. So now you've lowered the standard for that job three times. So wow. why do you expect that person to be effective? When you need them to work 40 hours a week. Here's, 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 I'm, Angela, I'm on a roll here. I, I got to tell you something else. Mm, if you hire somebody, mm. then they start changing the rules on how they work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm very clear on when I hire people. Yeah. And you should be very mm. clear. Because you, you, you send a letter to them outlining the job description. You both uh-huh. agree on the salary. Mm-hmm. After a couple of weeks, they started. They start coming in making excuses like, "Well, you know, uh, uh, I gotta pick up the kids." Okay, you didn't tell me about that when I hired you. Now. Uh, uh, okay, uh-huh. you didn't tell me about that. Oh, I gotta leave work early because of traffic. Oh, uh-huh. you didn't tell me about that when I hired you, though. So, so what happens is you have to be able to see certain questions you can't ask when you hire people, but. If somebody mm. Ubers mm. to the interview, I wouldn't hire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you lay the foundation straight from the beginning yes. of what your expectations are. But of course, you know, there's certain questions you cannot ask when you mm-hmm. ask, but you have to have common sense and whole approach. If you should ask somebody where they live. Mm-hmm. You know, I my, my, my company up in um Alpharetta. Now anybody down there by the airport? 
I have to question whether or not they can come to my job on a regular basis. I just have to question that because I know there's heavy traffic in the morning and the afternoon. And my job's eight to five. So I don't care how oh. much they say they want the job. I have to, through common sense, realize I may be compromising my business because guess what happens? They're going to come yeah. in and start changing the rules with traffic, uh, family issues, uh, you know, and then, then they're going to say something to you that really going to make you mad. You know, your job kind of far. <laughs> but you knew all that but you, but, but you knew all that when you hired that person because guess what they told you where they lived but you ignored yeah, it you ignored it so, so Angela thank you for calling these are some of the little things and I'm not finished so keep your, keep your radio on because I got more to talk about keep your podcast on and all that good stuff I will I'm okay. listening now here's the problem that a lot of people have when they open a business, this, I'm talking to business owners, I'm talking to entrepreneurs. Listen to me. Parking. I don't know why people think they can just open, a, open up a business and not worry about parking. I had a comedy club, y'all. See, 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 that comedy club taught me a lot, y'all. I had no parking. All my parking was on the streets. Out there on the street. 300 people, cars parked out there on the street. Up and down the streets. All up. Boy, I was popular though. But guess what happens? When you just park in any kind of way. Any kind of way. Any kind of place. Bad things start happening. Bad people start showing up. Start busting in car windows. So people will leave my comedy shows. Come back in. Uh, Rashawn, uh, my car been broken into. So what? So then my insurance got to cover that. So suddenly my insurance starts going up because I got a business, beautiful building there, fantastic, no parking though. But I ignored the no parking issue because guess what? I fell in love with the building. So I had to hire people <laughs> to walk up and down the streets <laughs> to stop people from busting in the cars. Now you see why I wasn't making no money. When you make all these ignorant decisions, no budget, in business with somebody you didn't know, buying a, leasing the building for two years with no parking. Woo! I'm, I'm, I'm going to close this out about this person you should never, ever hire. Do not hire inexperienced employees because they are cheaper. I'm going to let, you, I'm gonna let, you let that soak in a minute. Do not hire inexperienced employees because they are cheaper. One, they have no leadership abilities. Two, they need constant supervision. Three, they do not understand the position and the company and will not help you win, W-I-N capital letters, long term. And I'm going to put a little quote around here. I said something about relatives. Do not hire friends 
I've done that. It has burnt me. When it came time to make a decision, they reminded me that I did them wrong. They reminded me that they were the victim. They reminded me that I didn't know what I was doing. And you're exactly right. Because I was running a business based on friendship, no budget, family, and a partner I didn't know. You cannot win like that, ladies and gentlemen. As you listen to me talk about marketing and branding and how to be a successful business owner, the bottom line is on you. Look in the mirror and make a decision that benefits you, your family, and your future. This is another episode of Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I want to thank y'all, as I always, thank y'all every week for listening in. And I just want to share this moments with you today. I'm going to do this once a month, share some of my personal stories, my personal background as to why I can talk like this. Because I've made mistakes. And you've heard the people who called in, I answered their questions. Because I know where to go now. And I will be able to help you as long as you listen to me every time I open my mouth and bring the guests on this show. Because it's for your personal benefit. And it's free. I'm Rashawn McDonald. We talk to him. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. More information about 3815 Media Inc. is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.